I feel like some of y'all has been touched by the Lord, but I somehow feel like uh, he said in Revelations, he said, some of you have done, got what you need, but some of you haven't. So, I feel like that the word of the Lord tonight is going to break apart the rest of the problems that we face. I believe that with all my heart. And I am going to let God have His way. And we're going to respond to the word of the Lord. Well, you all can do whatever you want to. You can stand right there. You're not going to bother me. But you all look like you're, you're raring to go. I am very proud of our youth department. What I'm more proud of about you all is I've seen you go through junk and trash and the, the gunk, the garbage come out of broken homes. And, and you're still standing. That says a lot about somebody that refuses to quit. It says a lot about people that's in your life that are leadership. They've taught you right. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to open up to the book of Genesis 49 first, and then John 1. We're going to read Genesis 49 and 13, John 1, 45 and 26. Thank you, sir. I do give honor to my pastor. I know I don't say that enough. And uh, very gracious to me, I... Uh, I was born and raised in this this apostolic church, and uh, not here in McCormick's Creek. You realize that the church is a lot bigger than here. Born into the apostolic church, and I owe a lot, a lot to my father and my my mother, and uh, give them so much credit. There's men and women in my life that have spoken to my life, my grandparents and my mother and father. I come here 15 years ago, and Brother Robertson um, has, has put a lot into my life. And uh, I, owe, I owe him uh, a lot. And I owe a lot to a lot of men behind me. And, and I, you're just a gracious, gracious church. Uh, not the best preacher in the world, but you was, stuck, you was here when I preached one of my, um, at my worst. And you still said Amen. I remember the first message I preached. I preached at Brother Billy McCool's, which houses about 700 people. And as Brother Jeff Arnold would say, he, I couldn't preach myself out of a Howard Johnson's bathroom. <laughs> I couldn't. It was horrible. It was like getting beat with a bag of oranges to sit through my, to my, through my messages. So there's hope, young men, that if you call, if you feel a call in your life, realize that there's, there is a little bit of hope for you. And um, I give honor to men and women that have helped me in my life and my ministry and my wife. And uh, thank you, mother-in-law, for letting me marry your daughter. Give her a lot of credit, my wife, a lot of credit. She keeps me straight. I can go home and I can say, 
Les, what did I, did, how did I, did I it come out right? And she said, well, you've done this and this and this right, but I didn't like this. Next time, don't do that. She's one of the very few people that can really be honest with me and tell me what I've done wrong. And it may hurt my feelings, but I try to do better. Genesis 49:13. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and he shall be an haven for ships. He shall be a resting place for ships from battered, uh, from battered waves that batter ships and storms and, and the hail and the lightning. They would come to Zebulun. And his border shall be unto Zidon. John 1, 45 and 46. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, the Messiah. We have found Jesus of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, none of us heard that statement, but you can rest assured that that statement, there was a chuckle and a laugh when he said that. It was a joke. This is how he said it. Jesus of Nath, you mean the Messiah? <laughs> Are you serious? Can any good thing come out of a place like Nazareth? Are you? And there was a laugh behind Nazareth. There was a laugh. You guarantee it. There was a laugh. Because Nazareth was a joke. Philip saith unto him, You don't believe me? He said, Come and see. He doubted. He, 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 he couldn't believe it. I was up, up here a few weeks ago, and Brother Robertson was up here preaching, and God spoke to me. I hadn't read this in a long time. I hadn't thought about this in a long time, and he spoke to me. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I'm thinking, Why? What, what does that mean? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And that's what I want to preach to you about. You may be seated in Jesus' name. You promised to preach with me tonight. Youth group, I need your help, okay? The history of Zebulun began with the patriarch Jacob in the Old Testament. Jacob, we all know that he had 12 sons, Levi, Simeon, Judah, Joseph, Issachar, Dan, Benjamin, Asher. Gad, Naphtali, Reuben, and Zebulun. These twelve sons, they all received an inheritance from Jacob, who also prophetically added blessings to some of them. Zebulun being one of the ones that obtained the least of the inheritance. He was the sixth and the last child of Aaliyah, whom Jacob was forced to marry out of a trick he was forced to marry Leah. He loved Rachel, but he was forced to marry Leah. And he had to work for him seven years for the younger sister, Rachel. And Zebulun was birthed out of a trick. I want you to remember that. He was told that his descendants would be those who would dwell by the sea 
and the very edge of the promised land. The furthest one from any good thing. The very edge. The least. Hundreds of years later, after the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they marched into the promised land. The twelve tribes, they divided up the new land. In keeping with the blessings of Jacob, the tribe of Zebulun was given an area of land that was near the Sea of Galilee. It appeared to be the very mediocre inheritance, while his brothers, on the other hand, received an inheritance that included the mountains, included fertile fields and pastures that can support sheep and cattle and their family and supply them with food and give them care, but all Zebulun received basically was a mere address. Uh, it was a, just a small area of land next to the sea that, that would not be able to grow anything, grow any produce, or profit much. His brothers certainly appeared to be more prosperous than Zebulun, while his family appeared to be shortchanged. The land of Zebulun came to inherit was one of the most despised places amongst the people of God. His land was far north at the very top. His land was 20 miles from the Mediterranean Sea. On one side and 15 miles to the east was the, the Sea of Galilee. It was a small village that covered no more uh, than 60 acres in Jesus' time with a population of 500 people. It was merely a city or a town or even a village. It was a long way from Jerusalem where the king would come to reside and where the leaders of Israel would live. His land was far removed from his own brethren. The historian Josephus notes that Zebulun's land reached on one side to the lake of Genesareth and the other side of Carmel and the Mediterranean. On the south it was bordered by Issachar whose inheritance lay in great plain or valley of Kishon. On the north, it was uh, bordered Naphtali and Asher. Thus, it was remote from the center of government. It was, it was excluded from just about everything that the people of God got to participate. By any standard, Zebulun was far north. that It, it rarely participated in the tribal decisions, central government, and other activities. For the most part, for the most part, it was what we would consider... Backwoods, or a one red light town. It was kind of like Greene County. And not only that, it was kind of like Greene County. It was greatly influenced by the culture and the attitude of the Gentile Galileans. The name Galilee literally means the heathen circle. Castaways. Outcast. Podunk. It was assumed that those who came from Galilee or any other cities of that area, they generally considered it to be called the rough part of town and unlearned or uncultured with little or no chance of achieving success. This area was basically the ghetto. Harlem. What's the bad part of Indianapolis? And, now, and, and, and in this heathen circle was included the place of Zebulun. 
You didn't go there to look for property. You wouldn't go there if you was wanting to retire into a nice little place with, with swimming pools and, and have a nice place because there wasn't nothing there. It was nothing to speak of. It was despised. Nobody wanted to, anything to do with Zebulun. It was far away from anything good. Knowing the history of Nazareth, we can understand why Nathaniel asked the question. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You would not expect the king of kings to be associated with a place like Nazareth. You would not expect the king of kings to be associated with a place like that. One would not expect the Prince of Peace to come out of a place like Nazareth. You would not think that the Alpha and the Omega would find... You, you would think that he could find a more glamorous place to live and come out of to make himself look good. But what he do? He found the most dark, the most uh, belittled, the most ex- insignificant place to come from. The fact that Jesus ended up there, it was a fulfillment of prophecy for the prophets declared that he would be called a Nazarene. Nathaniel like so many others today, he was looking for a Messiah in other places. They were looking for a Messiah to match the temple that had been built by Solomon with gold and diamonds and rubies. They were looking for a Messiah that would come in great glamour and ride in on a white horse and come in and and, and make everybody else look good. That's exactly why they they killed the Messiah in, in 33 and a half years after that because this Messiah didn't make them look good like the golden calves and all the glamour that the Romans served. They were looking for somebody to serve that made them look good. So the last place that they could figure out that the Messiah would come from was a place like Nazareth. You mean to tell me that there's going to be an apostolic church in Owen County? You mean to tell me that there's going to be a powerful apostolic church in the middle of nowhere on 46 when everybody else expects us to fail, when everybody else looks past the place that we're living? You can guarantee it. Can anything good come out of McCormick's Creek? Come and see. Let me take you to a place that is a central hub that God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. You mean to tell me that the McCormick's Creek Church Youth Department is going to have 25 people get the Holy... You can guarantee... What good could come out of that place? What good could come... I'm telling you right now, you need to come and see because Jesus Christ will show up where you least expect Him to show up. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Somebody needs to stand up to the feet right now and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. How in the world 
Could a place like Nazareth produce a Messiah? It's, it's a city that's filled with uneducated and heathens and li- uh, who live rough and rowdy. Li- and they, they live rough lives. You're telling me that a Messiah could come from there? Nothing good could come out of a place like Nazareth. Philip's answer was simple. He said, if you don't believe me, he said, I want you to experience him for myself. Let me tell you something. Visitors, if you've never experienced Jesus Christ, I want you to follow me and come and see what I'm talking about. Because we serve a Jesus that can wash your sins away and change your life. He changes the drug addiction's life. He ch- come and see. We have a lot in Nathaniel's among us in our in our world today that are looking for the Lord. But the problem is they're looking in all the wrong places. Today many people face familiar situations in their lives and they feel like they're living in a place like Nazareth. They feel trapped and they feel held hostage in a place that appears to be to go to a dead end. I'm telling you something right now. If you're looking in any other place than Jesus Christ, you're barking up the wrong tree. You won't find happiness in drugs. You won't find happiness in alcohol. You won't find him, young people, in sex, drugs, and alcohol. The only place that you'll find him is right here. Right here in Nazareth. Right here in an apostolic church. Let me tell you what Nazareth really represented. Nazareth represents the place that uh, everything in our life that is wrong, that appears wrong. That's what it represents. That's why it was a joke to him when Nathaniel said, Are you serious? Out of this situation? You mean in this podunk place? Nazareth resembles the things in our lives that we're not proud of. It wasn't a place that anybody would be proud of. They probably had all kinds of cars up on, uh, on, on concrete blocks. I'm sure the property wasn't uh, trimmed real, just nice and landscaped perfect and everything wasn't in order. There may have been weeds all around the house, and when people drove by, they said, don't go there, lock the doors, roll up your windows, because you're not going to find anything there. Hold on. Hold on. But if you're not careful, you can look at a place like Nazareth, and you can allow it to affect you mentally. You can allow it to tear you down. And tear your faith down. And take your faith and destroy it. Oh my. Oh, I could preach two sides of Nazareth. Just depending on how you look at it. There's people. I'm I'm, I'm going going to come back, but I'm going to go a different direction. People want to serve God. But they're waiting on things to change. They're waiting on Nazareth to change. Now, Nazareth will not change. Okay? Nazareth is not going to change. 
never to change. It was their outlook that changed of Nazareth. Their circumstances in life seemed almost impossible to overcome. And they wondered what good could come from this. Many people in our society, you see it all the time on your bus route, Brother Tony, they feel rejected. They feel abused. They feel misused and unwanted. They feel like society has simply discarded them and trampled on them so much that they are nothing more than a doormat for the city. They walk around. You can see it in the stores, in the restaurants. You walk by them, and they look empty, and they're trapped in their Nazareth. They're trapped in a place. They feel like they're uh, secluded from everybody else and from anything exciting going on. They may smile, but down deep they know. They look in the mirror, and they wish to goodness they could get out of Nazareth. And it's in the church. I can look out there and I can look on your face. And you, you, you've let Nazareth beat you down. And you've let it destroy you. And you got your head hung down. It is difficult to think of yourself in any other way but a failure when everyone seems to think you're a Zebulonite or, or not, good for nothing or when life itself has brought your circumstances to your doorstep and, and has humiliated you and has humiliated your family. What good could come out of a life like that? Can anything ever come out of good, come out of Nazareth? Tell me what good could come out of your circumstances. It's a painful place to be in. It's an unpleasant place to be. It's not a desirable land to live in. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking to tonight. You say to yourself every day, I just need a break to come my way. I'm sick and tired of getting down and praying. I don't feel the Spirit of God. I'm sick and tired of being bound in my situation. You find yourself standing by the Sea of Galilee, waiting on your ship to come in, saying, I just need to get out of here. I need to find a better place. I need to find a better place to live. But what you have to remember is no matter... How difficult it may be right now. It's the place that God designed for you to be in. Just like the inheritance of Zebulun. It's the place that God has orchestrated in your life. Even though you may think that nothing good could come from your situation. I've come to tell you that a prophecy come forth. And the Messiah found them right where they're living. You don't have to change locations to find Jesus. Jesus came to Nazareth. I figure they'd be shouting right now, Brother Greg. You don't have to change where you're living right now to find Jesus. Jesus will show right up on your doorstep and come to right where you're at. He will change you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, Sister Kim. There's too many people that are moving places and they're trying to get away from their problems. You just need to quit focusing on your problem and say, Jesus, I need you to show up to my Nazareth.
Hallelujah. Nazareth may have had the reputation of producing low-level living, uneducated individuals, but there was one who came forth that caused a paradigm shift concerning Nazareth. Jesus shows up and he changes everything. You'll never find anything like Jesus. I'll never get tired of living Jesus. I'll never get tired of preaching Jesus. my God don't do this to me oh all right some of you are waiting for God to come and change your situation I'll serve God whenever he takes the cigarette craving from me I'll serve God when when my problems are gone. I'll find Jesus whenever I leave Nazareth. I'll fulfill the call in my life when the depression lifts. I'll witness about this Jesus. Whenever I feel better about myself and have more confidence in my ministry, let me tell you something right now. God will not change things in your life or change your location until you find the place of Nazareth and find Jesus there. Because God will find you there. Jesus stepped on the scene as a man full of wisdom and power. He had made people wonder how he came from such a place. What many people don't understand is that God has always been attracted. He's always been attracted to weakness. You'll never find in the Scripture, never find in the Scripture, where Jesus Christ was attracted to the whale. Why in the world do you think that Jesus sat down with a bunch of reprobates to eat? And they asked him why. And he said, I'm, I'm not attracted to the glamour and the glit and all the perfection. I'm attracted to the Nazareth. He said, he said, he came, he said I, I didn't come to, for, the, for the well. He said, I come for the sick. And the Jesus that I serve has always been attracted to the weak and the broken down and the broken hearted and the depressed and the lame and the blind and the deaf and the people that didn't have it all together and everybody that come out of Nazareth. That's who he's attracted to. He's not attracted to people that don't want to worship and think, I don't need to raise my hands. I don't need anything. What do you think? Why do you think blind Bartimaeus got out? He said, I got to get your attention, Jesus. Jesus said, there's a desperate man. Why do you think he was attracted to a woman that crawled, that said, I got to touch the hem of his garment? He said, I'm attracted to that. And he stopped because he had a lot of well people around him. And he said, who touched me? And somebody said, it was her, the sick. It was the sick. It was the people that didn't have nothing. 
Somebody needs to cry out, God have mercy on me. I'm desperate. Can you see me, God? I have a desperate need in my life. And God will come to you. If you were on a deserted island and you were trying to get somebody's attention, a boat or a plane, you would send up smoke signals. Why? Because you were desperate. You would be raising your hands and saying, I'm here, I'm here, I need to be saved. But the problem is, you've been trapped and you've not been saved out of your problem because you're not desperate enough. Desperate people don't care. Desperate people don't care who's around them. Desperate people don't care who laughs at them. You think blind Bartimaeus cared who laughed at him when the disciples said, you stay back. He said, you're not going to keep me back. I'm desperate. And God's attracted to desperation. Come on, somebody needs to look at this right here. There's a couple gals right there that's desperate for revival. There's a couple girls right here that are trying to get the attention of Jesus because they're living in Nazareth and Jesus is attracted to them. Somebody needs to catch on to that. Come on, I want you to stand up all over this place. I want you to stand up all over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand up and I want you to begin to worship God. I'm not done, but I'm done. God's doing a mighty work in this place right now. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to cry out. Somebody needs to cry out, Nazareth. Nazareth, can anything good come out of where I'm at? Come and see. Come and see. Jesus Christ is here right now.
Somebody needs to look for Jesus in the places of humility and suffering. Somebody needs to look for Jesus in shame and disappointment. Look for Him in the situations that seem desperate. And you will find Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're sick in your body, I want you to come up to this platform right now. If you're sick in your body, if you're depressed in your spirit and in your mind and you're tired of battling, I want you to come up here right now. Somebody needs to cry out in desperation because Jesus is attracted to Nazareth. I want you to throw your hands up and I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to begin to wave your hands to Jesus. I want you to tell Jesus, look at me, Jesus. Have mercy on me. Come on, let's push. Come on, let's push. Come on, let's push.